the new stove an excerpt from elizabeth caddy stanton as revealed in her letters diary and reminiscences by elizabeth caddy stanton theodore stanton and harriet stanton blatch this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. there are two classes of housekeepers one that will get what they want if in the range of human possibilities and then accept the inevitable inconveniences with cheerfulness and heroism the other from a kind of chronic inertia and a fear of taking responsibility except everything as they find it though with gentle continuous complainings the latter are called amiable women such a woman was our congressman's wife in eighteen fifty four and as i was the reservoir of all her sorrows great and small i became very weary of her amiable non-resistance among other domestic trials she had a kitchen stove that smoked and leaked which could neither bake nor broil a worthless thing and too small for any purpose consequently half their viands were spoiled in the cooking and the cooks left in disgust one after the other in telling me one day of these kitchen misadventures she actually shed tears which so roused my sympathies that with surprise i exclaimed why do you not buy a new stove to my unassisted common sense that seemed the most practical thing to do why she replied i have never purchased a darning needle to put the case strongly without consulting mr s and he does not think a new stove necessary what pray said i does he know about stoves sitting in his easy chair in washington if he had a dull old knife with broken blades he would soon get a new one with which to sharpen his pens and pencils and if he attempted to cook a meal granting he knew how on your old stove he would set it out of doors the next hour now my advice to you is to buy a new one this very day bless me she said that would make him furious he would blow me sky high well i replied suppose he did go into a regular tantrum and use all the most startling expletives in the vocabulary for fifteen minutes what is that compared with a good stove three hundred and sixty-five days in the year just put all he could say on one side and all the advantages you would enjoy on the other and you must readily see that his wrath would kick the beam as my logic was irresistible she said well if you will go with me and help select a stove i think i will take the responsibility accordingly we went to the hardware store and selected the most approved largest sized stove with all the best cooking utensils best russian pipe etc now she said i am in equal need of a good stove in my sitting-room 
and I would like the pipes of both stoves to lead into dumb stoves above, and thus heat two or three rooms upstairs for my children to play in, as they have no place except the sitting room, where they must be always with me. But I suppose it is not best to do too much at one time. On the contrary, I replied, as your husband is wealthy, you had better get all you really need now. Mr. S. will probably be no more surprised with two stoves than with one, and as you expect a hot scene over the matter, the more you get out of it, the better. So the stoves and pipes were ordered, holes cut through the ceiling, and all were in working order next day. The cook was delighted over her splendid stove and shining tins, copper-bottomed tea-kettle and boiler, and warm sleeping-room upstairs. The children were delighted with their large playrooms, and Madame jubilant with her added comforts and that new-born feeling of independence one has in assuming responsibility. She was expecting Mr. S. home in the holidays, and occasionally weakened at the prospect of what she feared might be a disagreeable encounter. At such times she came to consult with me as to what she would say and do when the crisis arrived. Having studied the genus Homo alike on the divine heights of exultation and in the valleys of humiliation, I was able to make some valuable suggestions. Now, said I, when your husband explodes, as you think he will, neither say nor do anything. Sit and gaze out of the window with that far-away sad look women know so well how to affect. If you can summon tears at pleasure, a few would not be amiss. A gentle shower, not enough to make the nose and eyes red or to detract from your beauty, men cannot resist beauty and tears never mar their effect with anything bordering on sobs and hysteria such violent manifestations being neither refined nor artistic a scene in which one person does the talking must be limited in time no ordinary man can keep at white heat fifteen minutes if his victim says nothing he will soon exhaust himself remember every time you speak in the way of defense you give him a new text on which to branch out again if silence is ever golden it is when a husband is in a tantrum in due time mr s arrived laden with christmas presents and charlotte came over to tell me that she had passed through the ordeal i will give the scene in her own words as nearly as possible my husband came yesterday just before dinner and as i expected him i had all things in order he seemed very happy to see me and we had a gay time looking at our presents and chatting about washington and all that had happened since we parted it made me sad in the midst of our happiness to think how soon the current of his feelings would change and i wished in my soul that i had not bought the stoves but at last dinner was announced and i knew that the hour had come he ran upstairs to give a few touches to his toilet when lo 
the shining stoves and pipes caught his eyes he explored the upper apartments and came down the back stairs glanced at the kitchen stove then into the dining room and stood confounded for a moment before the nickel-plated morning glory then he exclaimed heavens and earth charlotte what have you been doing i remembered what you told me and said nothing but looked steadily out of the window i summoned no tears however for i felt more like laughing than crying he looked so ridiculous flying round spasmodically like popcorn on a hot griddle and talking as if making a stump speech on the corruptions of the democrats the first time he paused to take breath i said in my softest tones william dinner is waiting i fear the soup will be cold fortunately he was hungry and that great central organ of life and happiness asserted its claims on his attention and he took his seat at the table i broke what might have been an awkward silence chatting with the older children about their school lessons fortunately they were late and did not know what had happened so they talked to their father and gradually restored his equilibrium we had a very good dinner and i have not heard a word about the stove since i suppose we shall have another scene when the bill is presented end of the new stove by elizabeth caddy stanton read for librivox by sue anderson